0: Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark, and you can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows.
1: And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And today we're going to be talking about minute number 43 of Zack
0: Snyder's Justice League, which is going to start with Menelipe picking up one of those Artemis arrows, and then the minutes are going to end with I keep saying minutes, plural. It's just the one minute, actually. Uh, The minute is going to end with Philippus handing the bow of Artemis to Queen Hippolyta. And I don't know about you, Nate. I think I do know, but uh, man, I love this minute. Oh, yeah,
1: 100%. (laughs) This is the lore. This is what we crave. This is the story building, the world building. That's just like, hell, you can have 60 seconds of this thing, and i am just in awe because it's just mythology there's more to it it's not yeah. just like cut and paste hey we're, we we got to go somewhere to figure out the plan okay we got the answer and then go it's like no man there's like a whole ceremony that they're going on look at their outfit change like there's this is a big uh deal and especially when you like have like these types of uh, characters like this very uh instinctual instinctual <laughs> instinctive uh tribal type culture where just instinct instinct uh (laughs) this type of tribal culture where uh like these types of ceremonies would make sense it's just awesome i'm 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 here for it man i'm on board 100 when when we first saw this part um you know from from zack snyder's version it was just like oh yeah this is great this is better than just uh Hey, here's a warning arrow. Shoot it across the seas, and then big fire.
0: Which I don't even know if we got.
1: I uh, we'll have to. Was it I'll just to, the firestorm, tornado thing? I don't even know on if the we news. Got
0: a, I don't think we got a warning arrow. I think she was looking at something else, right? I cannot imagine. No, no,
1: no, no, no. no. Mm.
0: We'll have to. We'll, I don't remember. I, when we I don't get remember to that minute. I will watch the other version. And we'll come back to it and we'll talk about, you know, the differences there. But, yeah, right now I'm thinking about it. And I'm going, because I know that scene is in there of, of Wonder Woman, uh, you know, what did you do today, Diana? Oh, nothing very special. And, like, I know that that was in the other version. And then she turns and she says, Invasion, right? She says that. It's not just this movie, right? Anyways, I, yeah,
1: I, yeah. I know that scene is in that <laughs>
0: other movie. But I don't know what she was looking at on the TV, and I need to remember what it is. Uh, but we'll come back to that. But yes, this minute here is why we love these movies. Not just like the movies. Not just like, oh yeah, they're good movies. So whatever, a DC movie, put it on, shut my brain off. The This is how we fall in love with these movies. These, these moments here are the same thing that you find in the Lord of the Rings movies and, and, and other big shows or or even miniseries or tv shows when you have moments like this where this is a attention and love made by the the creators who make this and they're in love with this like this is something that they love that's why it's in here that's what gets us because they're passionate about it so we become passionate about it as well and even you know, like you said, even if we got just like sixty seconds of something like this in the other version, uh, and we did, um, we would we would fall in love with just those moments. And that's why, when I watch the 2017 version, and I see Steppenwolf fighting with Aquaman and Mera in Atlantis, just that little bit that we got was why it was always my favorite part. Because there was, they could not remove the love and detail that's in that Atlantis part, because that is a Zack Snyder scene. Uh, It just happened to be about five different Atlantis scenes put together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and the same thing with what we saw about uh, Queen Hippolyta and the Amazons fighting Steppenwolf in the, in the mother box cage, which I found out actually has a name because I was looking up some information for today and it is called, and i cannot confirm this i tried looking for confirmation so it still might just be a rumor but it is called the Penetralium. That's oh what that cage is called so it's not just the cage but i've never seen this uh, it's only on menatlepis dceu wiki page how do you it's it's pena what was it almost like penetrate it's yeah. Penetralium. Penetralium. so yeah or penetralium i don't what know what is why the number So asso-
1: what is the number associated with pena
0: Oh, uh well penta would be five, penta would
1: but, uh, be 5 but
0: Yeah. But uh, p- penetralium would uh, is it's an actual term, you know, it's an it's a secret part of a building or an innermost sanctum type of thing. So it is yeah, cage is a okay. good word. Okay. It, you know, it's a fancy word for cage,
1: if you will. That's a new word to me. I've never heard that word before. I've never penetralium. Heard penetralium, you know. That's, really that's cool. what
0: I'm looking for when I go on house hunters. Does it have a penetralium? I would mm-hmm. I would, you know, that's I you know, my yeah. budget is 250,000 and it must have a penetralium. Must have a penetralium. Now I, and don't know I if want you're... that
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want that authentic uh Greece style. You want the I authentic Grease style. Like see yeah. I was looking for more of a dome house and I wanted to I build want to my own modern. dome house.
0: I want it to be modern, but I wanted to have that uh style. Uh, aesthetic to it so anyways enough house hunter jokes penetrating that's what that cage was called moving back to where we were talking about it's all about being passionate about these things and we're so lucky that this scene are i feel thankful not lucky but i'm so thankful that this scene is what it is and it's not just any um, um you know Queen of just ordering an Amazon to shoot a fire arrow into the sky. Like it's not like they really thought out how they would shoot the arrow. It's not just the fact that they thought about oh we should have Queen of Paul to shoot an arrow as a hero beacon thing.
1: They thought about what the arrow meant. They thought about what the the bow meant. What it's the, like you can know. see that 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 line of of thought formulating. It's like, yeah. okay, well, what is the warning? Well, obviously, it's like an arrow that you're going to shoot and, you know, it, it makes a big fire and it makes a warning fire. Cool. And then you immediately have the question of why? Why is she shooting the arrow? What does that arrow mean? Like, what's the whole point of that? Because you're right. You can't just have bow and arrow. Here you go. Oh, yeah. It's your magic, right? Inherently, So just don't worry about it. It's just fire arrow. Dip it in a cauldron or something. I don't know. Um, but, like, yeah, it's, it's the fact that we have these filmmakers that come up with the idea, come up with this lore and this uh you know grandiose thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. this mythology behind it all. And then you immediately have the question of, well, why are they doing that? Where's that coming from? Yeah. What's the basis of that? That's just like And who gets to do what? Exactly. It just seems like some of the most perfect imaginative imaginary uh <laughs> I'm all over the place with words this week, huh? Yeah, it's some of the most yeah, imaginary, <laughs> like, storytelling that you can, like, think of. Because, I don't know, I'm relating it to myself when I used to play pretend in my backyard with my action figures. Something would happen and then I would think, oh, okay, well, they're doing that because this, this, and this. And in my mind, it all makes sense, but, you know, it's it's just great. It's The more and more we talk about and the more we get into this movie, the more apparent it is of just how good it is storytelling Zack Snyder is and we just saw his new movie the the army of the dead one that we came out and it's like that's so self-contained as just a good story it just seems like it's it comes so naturally to him it's come so mm-hmm. natural to him
0: well also I, I you know a huge shout out to Chris Terrio because Chris Terrio really 100% saved this uh franchise as well and I think Chris Terrio um is a phenomenal writer um who's just been plagued by bad movies and I wouldn't wish that on anyone, um, but I, I really do think that Chris Terrio like knows how to figure out the minds of every character that's in this story, and you know what I was saying earlier is like any mythological movie like the, uh, of of Amazon's uh, Swords and Sandals type movie uh, could do something like this where. You know, you have a a warning arrow shot to to warn some other nation, and so many people could do this scene, but they would not do it like this. They would be they would do it some other way, and um, I just don't think other people who would uh, attack this kind of scene would give the arrow and the bow that much yeah. uh, attention and make it a character itself. You know, if you if you want to use that kind of uh, thought process about it, but that's that's just the beauty of it Mm -hmm. this whole thing where even when menelipe picks up that first arrow like how heavy that arrow feels to me as a viewer watching it that's what matters like she picked up that arrow and it it felt heavy i could feel how heavy it is i could feel how important it is because of how heavy it is and then she walks it over and she says the arrow of artemis like you know like a freaking bronze arrow.
1: I mean, like, yeah. really. So we were talking about this yesterday, Mark. There's 100% a third space for a, a third arrow. Uh you see it is Yeah, I see now that they are, the, the, the slats that it gets held in are descending down. So yeah. there is an arrow on the bottom. What was that third arrow used for? Man, oh, man. Yeah. I say I don't know. That's my, some cool stuff right there.
0: My theory would just be that when Ares... Attacked all the other gods that they she maybe she uh, Artemis had shot an arrow to to warn the Amazons or something about about the betrayal that the Um, gods were uh suffering.
1: Is this the thing we're supposed to do on the internet? Take this screenshot and like at somebody and say hey, what happened to that third arrow?
0: Yeah, that would be something I would I would ask Zack Snyder for sure. You want to do that? You want to do that? We should be like hey, what's where'd this third arrow go? We got we
1: got Vero accounts, we can we can do this, yeah, we can
0: do that we should do that we should ask him what happened to that third arrow um it's the same thing like what happened to
1: supergirl and uh, no that's completely different because we had a prequel comic to refer back to and like then it was just left to inference and that's that was a whole hell of a lot of fun right now but this is we don't have anything to infer like i we we both have speculation now with this and that's uh, i think even better <laughs> Uh, it's an interesting
0: uh, You know Interesting universe we got here uh, One of the things I wanted to Talk about when I was reading that DCEU wiki page Was you know in in comics And, and you know some of the other Wonder Woman stories Menelipa is normally known as A priestess or like an oracle figure And I think this minute Really highlights that kind of Side of her they never confirmed that she is An oracle or anything like that We never see an oracle. I was almost expecting an oracle to appear in the 2017 Wonder Woman movie, but we didn't get that either. Um, But Menelipe kind of fits that role here in this minute. And, you know, she she brings the arrow over to Queen Hippolyta and she says, "The, the arrow of Artemis, it will reach the lands of men. It's almost like with that kind of, mindset it it no longer just feels like exposition from a character to explain to the audience what's going on but it feels like she's explaining it to queen of politics because she is the priestess she is the oracle she is the one who's like i present you the arrow of artemis it will reach the lands of men like it feels now like she's ordained enough to be saying this information um which i like that i I love so as well
1: i mean like thinking even just like what menelipe is now taking the place of um and yeah. she would be i guess assuming i'm assuming that she would still be quartermaster in a sense yeah so her like position
0: now is uh uh
1: military uh, she is the new military superior. yeah so like that i think would go with quartermaster abilities uh or duties um so like knowing what all weaponry you have in your arsenal that's just you know that's her job right there
0: yeah I mean, Lisa Love and Kongsley can tell me anything, and I'd be like, "Uh huh, yep." <laughs> Especially in that cloak, man. That's such a just a cloak that they're all wearing, like the the cloak that Queen of is wearing. Is
1: that's my favorite, amazing. honestly. It's those gold like uh, the what do you call layering. that? The the, pl- the plating. I don't know what it's called, but like that the, those gold patches of of design that make like the the feather esque. Yeah, uh, that's just so. Is badass. It, it's badass. <laughs> it's so good looking. It's such a good cloak, especially when you see the shots of her behind and how it flows. And it looks like, like gold. It looks like she's adorned in straight up gold. Yeah. my guy. Gold feathers. Gold feathers. Gold, gold eagle. I mean, gold hey, and armor. then you get the uh, the gold armor in uh, in Wonder Woman eighty four. It's it's all it's all there. It all makes yeah. sense.
0: It's so good. It, it's. Fantastic, and the coloring in this—that's another thing too—is um, three hundred, and and the whole green screen effect. You know, like we're so used to at the time, like that these movies had to be in real locations, and everything had to look real, and everything had to be dark and gritty and and, and grounded in realism, which is how we got uh, Suicide Squad and the Dark Knight trilogy, and um, you know the Swords and Sandals movies that came before it. And 300, you know, I was watching that interview with Zack Snyder talk about 300. And yeah, we said this with when we talked about Batman v Superman, Donald Justice, but he makes these movies timeless because he does this whole green screen fantasy style uh, type of movie. So it doesn't it won't ever really feel dated because they're so stylized like they're so incredibly stylized that these movies look and feel like comic books Um, and so this this whole coloring is so crisp and and even though the darks are are really dark like all the blacks are really black uh, and all the other coloring in this in this scene man it just looks good it looks really really good even though like you might be like, Oh, okay, well this is all like it just looks like a set and this doesn't look like you're actually in the mascara. Like that's the beauty of it. That's why it looks so good. That's why it will look so good ten years from now, hundred years from now. Like this movie just looks so stylized and it won't ever look dated now. At least to me, like it just feels that way. And that's how three hundred will feel. That's how Batman v Superman's gonna feel. Like it looks really good. The coloring is there. You might say like Zack Snyder does, doesn't use color. You couldn't be more wrong. Cause this has some, it has that gold and red and black kind of color that you would see from wonder woman. And, uh, it just, it, yeah, this is, this is why he's the right director for, for these type of movies because he, he figured it out with 300 and they didn't, they didn't consider it back then. They were like, we have no, what are you talking about? Filming things in, complete green screen that that would never work and it's like it
1: will work because now we have this and then you take it a step further and you get things like i was just talking to mike about this like the volume like that thing exists that thing is an entire game changer and when you see things that are like done and shot in the volume and how jaw-droppingly incredible that looks and then you take it back to things like this where it is just green screens and you do see like you know the Green Lantern footage where it was just a, a pop up shop of green screen on your like property, you know, in your backyard yeah, that you backyard. did. It's like that's that's awesome. So yeah. the fact that you have like those two sides of the spectrum and you can still get this complete storytelling and believable, it's just stand of a round st- uh, standing ovation.
0: Yeah, I I would love for Zach to have a crack at using the volume at one point. Can I you imagine? Like that- that man would love to do that. I mean, he'll never get a Star Wars movie. They will never call it they'll never let him do it. I don't that, know. There was
1: talks on Twitter about uh him and old JJ doing a little buddy buddy stuff, so
0: I don't know. If anything, it would just be working with his production company about it. Exactly. Robot. That's just but it.
1: It's just get your foot in the door with the Star get Star Wars name slapped on you, you gotta be friends with JJ Abrams.
0: Yeah. But I, I would love for him to use the volume at at some point to film something. Um but yeah, it, it's, yeah, the fact that the man figured it out with 300 is why we have uh, a, a great scene like this. And when Queen Apalta has the arrow and she's speaking to the arrow, I thought about this the very first time we watched this version of the movie, but I had a sense that she's imbuing the arrow with her message and not so much that. She's just speaking out loud kind of thing?
1: Yes. I think there's two things happening right now. So the purpose of these arrows, aside from them being just like all powerful god weapons, it in it, it does have the ability to carry this message. It is the hero beacon. I think also... Now, that's a good, that's a fun thing. Like, maybe, are these three arrows only hero beacons? Can you only use them as hero beacons? Are they used call to... call forth your champion. Yes. Oh, my... F- holy shit. I think you're right. So, um, who
0: would the other hero be that they called? Because it, it couldn't be Artemis, because Artemis can't be called um, by her own, her own arrow. She'd have to be dead. Asteria? Oh, that's yeah. a deep cut. Asteria... Yeah. I think that's it would have to be Asteria. A- and hey,
1: you got the gold cloak right now. You're adorned in in Asteria Asterian this um Asteria. That's, that's I was fun. thinking
0: some other ones too like uh you know just Hercules or something like no, that. No,
1: like what hell no. Hercules know, is not working know, with the Amazons. I know. Get out. I
0: know. It's a it's just a fucking That's why no. I said
1: like maybe one of those arrows shot uh, Achilles, like, maybe that was the thing that, oh, that, that killed, got Achilles. Yeah. yeah, that was, that's, yeah. I like that a lot. Like, if the Amazons were the ones to be like, let's take this guy out. Yeah, real, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, So, or, so this... Uh,
0: there was also a war with uh, the Atlanteans at some point. Could yeah. Be,
1: could be something there. Could be. Um, So, like, I think these arrows, if they are just message arrows, then the... Cantation spell whatever she's doing is able to it, what she's doing is imbuing it in like the the way that it's able to just burn forever mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she's also as I don't know if it's in, no 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 it's not in this minute it's in the next minute she also does another spell on this arrow, and that's the one that I believe like is the spell that she's putting on this arrow. Yes. That's the one that I'm like, okay, that's the thing that's doing something. The what she's saying to that right before she shoots it off is what kind of drops the veil of Themyscira to Wonder Woman. But maybe just the Skytorch Hero Beacon thing is just how you present just this tool. Yes. Maybe it's already like it's just it's it's natural thing is to just be the beacon and then it, with with the whole ceremony thing you just do that um because yeah if you just like if if there was i don't know what if what if there wasn't like this type of ceremony what if what if themiscara was being incredibly invaded and you had to just get one person to run up to this you know wall and grab the arrow and just shoot it one person do you think they would have been like all right sky torch hero beacon go
0: I think they would knock the arrow and then be like, say whatever they need to say. And Whisper it, and, and, okay? Yeah, and then okay. send it. And uh, yeah, I you know, and it's it's. There are plenty of other religions that will you know enchant certain objects with, uh, uh, emotion or phrases or uh, things like this, like what Queen Hippolyta is doing with with the, uh, with the arrow here. That is a thing that other religions will do, so it is not uncommon. It is something that other religions uh, have done before, and so, yeah, I think she is really, you know, charging that arrow with a message and sending that message to Diana, and so the message that Diana receives isn't just, like, a (laughs) pre-generated message that the Artemis arrows have. It is, you know, the person who's about to shoot this arrow, their
1: message is being charged into uh into it but it's and just the one message though right the one message is just invasion well that's what i'm saying i think these arrows are just like um whatever they're called the beacon from lord of the rings you know it's like that's its only purpose is to just send the message of invasion to the world of man
0: you also have to i mean i would also consider that diana being queen of Politz's daughter you know, she was always by her side. Yeah, uh, and, like, she knows what it all is. And Queen Apolita was always like, this is this, this is that. And, and so, she, you know, being a mother's uh, daughter, she would be, like, invasion, because she's like, there's my mother, like, calling me. So I gotta, I know that, you know. Yeah, streetlights
1: are home. Gotta got to get yeah. home, guys. Street lights are on.
0: Yeah, she called me by my full name. Uh, so it, it is kind of that thing at first is when she sees and she goes, invasion. But also, like, just... Getting the arrow. Because, oh, well, the fire burnt out when she said invasion. Like, when she got the
1: message. When she got there is when the fire was out.
0: It was already out when she had saw it. Like, it, it wouldn't have burnt out until she had seen it and said invasion. Like, she saw mm. it. But also, like, you know, it's not just the one word. It's just she said one word out loud. But she, pro- like, mentally spiritually she must obtain the whole message you know it is from her mother it is from her uh her kingdom that she comes from um queendom damascara <laughs> i don't know what else to call it um but yeah it i it does i think you know we're on the same page here where it's like this arrow is being imbued with the with the message that queen apalta is, is whispering to it right now and this shot right here where Philippus hey welcome back Philippus um, hands Queen Hippolyta that arrow the bow this, this is or uh, yes you're right the bow uh, this is another thing and the first time I saw it I was like that's a great shot that's a fantastic shot there's something about and and this is what I'm talking about with Zack Snyder when he shoots something and he says I want it to look and feel this way the first time and like just nail it this Her handing her the bow and it having just like this snap to it where you can just feel
1: like the grab. Look at her hand movement, Hippolytus. It's like it's so clean of just like place. Oh, and that focus on the hand too when it comes in and then quick snap back focus to, oh my God. It's
0: so good. It's not just like, oh, it's not just a a close-up hand shot of grabbing the arrow. It's not just that. It's how snappy it is. It's just like here's the bow, and it lays into her hand, and it just has that sound to it. And sure, sound sound mixing comes into play here as well, but that's because the director is saying I need it to have that gravitas. That like as soon as she is handed the bow, it's just like it magnetically like attaches to her. Um, that's what feels so good about that. I, I cannot get enough of this. Uh, this little shot right here because it's it's so good and also philippus looks so great with her red cloak and the gold uh she has like one of those longer tiara masks that I, i feel like we mentioned what kind it is before but it looks like the one that um maximus and gladiator wears where like also comes down the cheekbone um everyone looks so good in this in this damn minute this is this is the good stuff this is almost like you know, we uh, I don't know if we said this before, but, like, this is almost
1: like a third Wonder Woman movie. Oh, like, yeah, it 100%. Feels like it. Yeah. yeah, 100%. I mean, and it's just so much the mascara in this movie that its it, it feels incredible. And it makes you wanting more. That's the thing. It's like, especially with Tomorrow's Minute, where it's like, oh, you guys just opened up a whole nother door with just, like, one line of dialogue and it just makes a basis for, hey, that could be a whole nother movie, you know? Yeah, I mean, It is. And it it very so well could weird.
0: be. It's so weird that they didn't want to make 1984, like, have that other Themyscira scene in it, which we would have had no Themyscira or Amazons in 1984. And it's like, how are you going to make a Wonder Woman movie without this? Without just a smidge of this? Like, this is
1: a one-minute clip here. I, I wonder if it ever comes down this. to, like, people – like, if, if people have gotten – you know, if 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 someone – people other than, like, Zach and Patty were, were doing Themyscira and stuff, and I wonder if they were just, like, looking at it and be like, no, it looks so bad. Like, it just doesn't look good. Like, there's there's a formula where those two people, those two filmmakers know how to do this Grecian storytelling and mythological storytelling where maybe if someone else were to have a crack at it, it's like – Oh, boy.
0: (laughs) The reason that the DC movies nowadays are struggling to do stuff like this is because you look at this minute here, and where is Superman? Where is Wonder Woman? Where is Batman? Where is the Justice League? There's no Justice League in this minute. Is this a Justice League movie? I can't tell because I can't see them in this movie, and I can't market the merchandise. I can't sell action figures of Batman and Superman if they're not here right now. And so it's all about like, how quickly can we get to that? Because I need my big blockbuster movie to make a billion dollars and sell me all kinds of Batman, Superman, action figures, Wonder Woman, whatever. She's a woman. We don't really care. And it's, it's like, it's, it's, these movies have just become trailers for their merchandise. That's all it that really matters nowadays. And so this stuff looks unnecessary. And this stuff doesn't even fit in the Wonder Woman 1984 movie because where's Wonder Woman? We need to sell her action figures and her clothing uh, just to little girls. We we don't want to market it to boys or anything. That would be, well, who, who could imagine boys wearing Wonder Woman merchandise? It's Shit. so stupid nowadays. It's so awful. And it's like, we can't have this now. Yeah, and, I was and trying it's...
1: to think if there was a comparison to, like, Thor. Is there anything that's happening, like, on... uh? Um, Asgard where Thor just like isn't there if there's like Asgardian storytelling where Thor just isn't there and I don't think there is I really don't unless it was in 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 Thor 2 yeah unless it was in Thor 2 when it was like Jane Foster stuff on on Asgard which you know you have to wait five or six years to to get more of that or whatever in in the new one but like what you were saying—it's like you have these scenes in *Thémasca* and stuff like here. Where's Wonder Woman? Exactly. You have in, uh, scenes in Asgard. Well, where's Thor? He's gonna be right there in any moment now. Like he's—he will be because that's just—that's the character that we're following. There's so much going on with this lore and with this culture that, in my opinion, it's okay that Wonder Woman isn't here. And I'm—and I—and—and and maybe it's because I know so much about. Amazon and Themyscira because of past comic books and everything where I'm totally okay with just, like, getting more of that, you know? I feel the same way as, like, if we if we were talking about, um you know, Fourth World or Apocalypse or, you know, New Gods and stuff like that where, shit, if you just, like, throw in, you know, random Jack Kirby things, I'm invested because I just know that as a world.
0: Yeah. The and whole
1: opening 20 minutes of, of Man of Steel, all the Krypton stuff. Technically, you can say, well, where's Superman? And There's be a like, lot of people who ah, don't like the first Yeah, exa- exactly. There's exactly. a lot of people who don't like the first 20 minutes
0: of Man of Steel. And but
1: since we know I so just... much about Kandor and, and Krypton and the destruction of it, it's like, yeah, I need to know this story. You guys need I to need show to know me it. this. You guys yeah. need to show me the destruction of Krypton. That's what this whole character's shtick
0: is. Yeah. I... I find it important because I need to know what Jor-El is telling Superman. I can't just take his words for it if I haven't lived through what he lived through and
1: why he did the things that he did and why he sent his son off to that planet. Hello, uh, Batman. We have no idea the shit that happened in 20 years in Gotham and still we're left like, well, what the hell? And I think that's perfect for that character because he is so cloaked in mystery and, and darkness and all these things where yeah. like, it works perfectly for that. you know, And you don't hear people complaining- well, I guess you do of saying like, "Well, where's Batman and Joker? Where's a Batman and Joker?" It's uh, yeah, b- 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 well, we, see, and this is what I, you were talking about Thor
0: too, and I wanted to bring this up, but that's one of the things that Marvel is doing better than DC in these in these movies is is the fact that you know there are moments of Thor: The Dark World where Thor isn't really the the point of view, and that's because with the success of the first Avengers movie people really loved Loki. And so Loki got a side plot in the, the dark world. And so people yeah. who are already going in, they love Loki so much. They love Tom Hiddleston. Um, and so they, they go in there. They're okay with being, you know, uh, in the point of view of, of of Loki and not Thor because we've grown to love him and they have a, a multiverse now and, or a shared universe now. And so we're invested in these other characters. And then now you have Cat Denning's character in WandaVision and all the other characters that are in WandaVision are characters we would never have seen again if the Marvel Universe didn't love the universe that they were creating and wanted to see those characters into other things. In this uh, universe, they canceled the New Gods film because this movie exists. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Because Zack Snyder's movie came out and introduced Darkseid and Desaad and Granny Goodness and all that, WB said, okay, we're not doing a new gods movie anymore. It's be conflicting, like conflicting. What are you talking about? Like they, they can exist. It's made here for you. It's, it's, it's open. And, and then the same thing with, you know, oh, the other movies now where we can't have these characters existing anymore. Like Zack Snyder had to shoot a, a green lantern scene behind WB's back because he couldn't use green lantern. Like, cause they were doing something else with green lantern and, and then Jeff Johns wanted to put Cyborg in, in Doom Patrol to get rid of this Cyborg that's in Justice League because he didn't want, to, doesn't like Ray Fisher apparently. It's all it's all awful stuff. It's like they, I've said it so many times, but but it's like they want to catch up to the Marvel, they want the Marvel success, but they don't want this shared universe to happen. It's ugly. It's 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 it doesn't make any sense to me at all. But yeah. you know, let's get over that. We'll talk about you know. This is fantastic. The fact that we have this, I'm so thankful for. 100%. I, I, yeah. Um, if you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minutes and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. You can join us to talk about today's minute or any minutes you guys are catching up on. And we will catch you guys tomorrow for minute number 44 of Zack Snyder's Justice League.